I'm Nicole Matheson, and this is Unbreakable, a podcast celebrating the potential of breakups and breakdowns, or bathroom floor moments as we have come to know them. These are the moments that have us on our knees and make us feel lost and broken. Yet as they crack us open, they also have the power to transform us. Come with me as we draw on the wisdom and experience of those who have been there and come out stronger, clearer, and more truly aligned with who they are. The message of this podcast is that you are going to be okay. And there is a part of you that is unbreakable. In early 2016, Kimberly Kevin and her family were in the throes of a potential financial crisis. They were at a point where a miracle was needed. In this episode, Kimmy and I talk about how she found the capacity to stay in her heart and trust her knowing that everything was going to be okay, despite what her reality was indicating. In essence, this chat comes back again and again to our own power to create an abundant life by trusting our feelings and getting beyond the tangible. We also cover the transformational support available from loved ones who have passed on, the gift in having your back up against the wall and nothing to lose for her in the form of a massive health crisis, how she was able to drop into her head, get what she needed but not stay there, how focusing on what you want to feel is the key to a sensual life, the 30% rule that Kimmy uses to stay nourished as a busy mum, wife and health practitioner. And did I mention gratitude? It comes up a lot in this chat. This is a really feel-good episode. Enjoy. I know, like everyone, you've got more than one bathroom floor moments. You've got numerous <laughs> that you can draw on and you're welcome to, to draw on them all. But I'm particularly interested in um, a kind of bathroom floor moment about a year or so ago where things were really, the shit was really hitting the fan, so to speak, with the finances and your financial situation. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? I'd love to. Yeah, it was in around um, January of this year. We'd moved from Tassie uh, to Adelaide and it's something that we just, both my husband and I, absolutely knew was the only option for us. We had to leave. We felt a really strong pull. We didn't have the finances um, to move. Uh, we had a mortgage on our home and the market was a little slow in Tassie. We had um, no reserves because I'd been on mat leave with my second little little guy. Um, and we just had this resolve. We just had to move. So we took a leap of faith and we moved over. And I suppose it was perhaps in about March maybe that I um, started having a look at the figures and thought, 
right. Our house hadn't sold up until that point. I was just really rooted in the feeling of and the knowing that this was where we were meant to be. And then I looked at the figures and realised we had about eight weeks to sell the house and settle the house before we were in real trouble. Um, Yeah, so... I suppose that was probably the bathroom moment. If you can mm-hmm. kind of um, define a bathroom moment as aligning to truth in a moment of crisis, that was yeah. And my truth was only to go in my head for long enough to strategize, take action and then get back out again and drop back in into my heart. And mm. we'd had a conversation around that time mm. um, where I was getting a little bit heady. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a beautiful way of drawing people back into that heart centre. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so, I mean, I remember the conversation and I was just really struck by, I was really impressed actually by your ability to actually, you know, drop into your heart despite the figures and the facts and the doom, you know, that could have <laughs> could have come. I mean, you know, it's different when you've got a mortgage to pay and you've got kids to feed and, you know, you're struggling to find work that will support or you know you've got to build these things up or whatever so Mm -hmm. I just I was really struck by you know the 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 amount of faith that was required I mean there was a lot of fear right when I was in my head yeah there was a lot of fear um Mm. but I think I'd developed enough discipline and um I don't know I'd strengthened my heart muscle enough that I just knew it was safe to just settle in, into the faith of it all. And I know thing, I know I'm in the wrong place in, in my body in terms of if I'm in my head or on my heart or my gut when I start to worry and I start to have fear. Um, and that's a really strong prompt for me. Um, it was just a, it was one of the most beautiful experiences of my life actually that if you could call it a crisis Really, tell us. It, it really was. It was. It was such a gift because, um, for the first time in my life, I actually felt like I was looked after. And I know that sounds really weird because, actually, in reality, we had no family support. We haven't really had any um, throughout our lives. And on the outside, in our visible world, we didn't have that. But from a spiritual perspective, I felt really deeply held. I remember. Um, we'd changed real estate agents and that night I did a meditation and I called my grandmother who passed when I was five and I asked her if she would just take over the wholesale of the house, the financial situation, my job situation and um, I just felt this immense feeling of, wow, all this time I've actually been looked after and I haven't realised it and just a huge flood of relief and within a week the house had sold to a cash buyer um, and it was just profound. Mm. Wow. So, Mm. So in that moment when you turned to your grandmother, Mm-hmm. you felt 
like you were handing it all over, all that stress, like it was, um, you were taking a load off. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, the whole lot. Yeah, I just I handed it over, and before I could even um, finish asking her if she would take it, her arms, I could just see her arms outstretched as though I was handing her the most precious gift, and yeah, it was just. It's just really beautiful. It's so beautiful. <laughs> and I fully, I just let it go. And from that moment onwards, I just thought this is just taken care of and I just went about my life. Um, and, yeah, from that experience, I, I've i just been more concerned with how I feel, not what our reality is all about. Yeah, that so that's, that's quite a big shift, right? Huge shift, yeah. Do you want to tell tell me a little bit more about that? So how's that actually played out for you since March? Um, in terms of the finances or jobs yeah, or life? Well, where has it shown up that you've kind of had that faith? I think um, in an overall feeling of abundance and well-being no matter what situation I'm in Um, and just um, a drawing in of things that we need in a really effortless way. So, for example, um, bills that we didn't have to pay or, you know, people would turn up with little gifts or um, I'd, this is from a financial perspective, I'd get discounts when I wasn't expecting it Um, and yeah, just being in whatever environment I was, just having this intense feeling of gratitude for it all. And I, I, I've never felt so abundant in my life. Yeah, it's just incredible. We're, obviously, we're socialised to look at our reality for, um, I don't know, the results of our manifestations and, and our success. And, and I think we've just got it all wrong. Yeah, so we're actually not feeling grateful. Mm. Yeah, so so tell us, if we've got it all wrong, mm. can you just define that for us? Like, where, what do you think the belief is that that is actually holding us out of receiving? And what is the belief that opens us up? Um, I think there's many beliefs, but... That block us, mm. um, but I, I th- and I can only speak for myself. I think, yes. for me, the overwhelming belief that whatever was in front of me mm. was it, mm. and that's all I had, and I was very um, shaped by my external situation in terms of how I felt, and um, I didn't really have that strong anchored sense. Mm. If that makes, yeah. Yes, which is which is like you say. That's how we're conditioned, right? Is we're we're conditioned to judge from the uh, the conditions around us, mm. and this is our head speaking, right? It's it's very linear um, and limited approach to reality. Mm. If you can and see limited, it, yeah, so limited. Mm. If you can see it, then it exists. Um, you know, whereas there's so much that we can't see, you know, we can't touch, but we can, we can still, uh, touch with our hearts, I suppose. 
Yeah, and our senses too. I mean, when you when you live in your head and you're really bound by those limited beliefs, especially those ones of whatever you've got is what you see. Mm. Um, I don't know. Life just lacks sensuality. Oh yeah. Don't you think? Yes. Mm. Yeah, because you're you're not in your feeling body, are you? No, no, and you can become really numb without realising it. Mm. Mm. I love that point that it's it, it lacks sensuality. So, mm. yeah, you were saying that whatever was in front of me was what was real, was my reality, mm. and that, and that, that closed you up to receiving. It did, yeah, because I would... I suppose I would go to create different things for myself and if I didn't see them manifest immediately, then I would think, well, this isn't working and I would jump straight back into my head, all those limiting beliefs um, and trying to control the situation and I just felt like I was in jail. And we've spoken about that a couple of times before um, and I love my head, don't get me wrong, I'm very... (laughs) <laughs> I love to think mm-hmm. I'm really strong in that area. Uh, but I work best when I dip in and then I dip out. <laughs> yeah. and, and you were able to really consciously do that around the sale of your house, right? You're like dipping in to yep. your head, especially after you had the conversation with your grandmother mm-hmm. or the handover. Mm-hmm. You would dip in, check check the financial situation, you know, how many weeks have we got left or whatever, and then back to the heart. Mm. Yeah. Well, what's the other option? That's That was the question going on in my mind. And the other question that was in my mind was what will make the biggest difference for me in this moment? Mm. And what what made the biggest difference was just knowing it would be okay and just trusting that and not checking my bank balance every day, I'm not focusing on, on that, not keeping that in my mind every day, just knowing that we knew that this was the right move for us and it doesn't matter how the logistics play out. Um, there's just power and in intention and there's just power in taking that step and then there's power in stepping away and letting something else take over and sort it all out. <laughs> I guess this power in being lazy, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Abraham Hicks is often saying that, you know, you have to do, you don't have to do nearly as much as you think, you know, as you're yes. running around and always trying to do stuff. Yes, that's exactly right. Mm. Yeah. And I don't have to be in control of everything. And mm. um, that, that was another good lesson from that experience. Well, I suppose... You, you're in control of following your intuition, mm. but you're not in control of the logistics of how that actually comes to pass. No, and I'm really disinterested in that now. Mm. In the logistics? Yeah, I'm, I find it almost a little bit boring now to try and work it out or um, have any say in that. I find now that um, I find it much more interesting to work out what I want and then to take whatever necessary steps, but then to just sit back and be a little bit more easy about it and 
be open and enjoy where I am at the moment. Um, I spent years and years always looking to the next thing, never feeling satisfied. I was always unsettled in my body, in my life, in my jobs, wherever I lived. Um, And I think now after going through that particular event um, has just really reinforced the magic in just enjoying wherever you are, wherever you're at in life, even if that's a crisis and and being really grateful for what that crisis has to offer. Not every crisis has to be um, traumatic. Mm. Um, Yeah. yeah. So was this crisis traumatic for you or was it? No, No. I wouldn't say no, not at all. I'd I'd had a traumatic crisis a few years before that that – uh, would outshadow other crises. So this one, I get, I get the messages much better now. So I, I know, <laughs> I know what to do before, <laughs> before it feels like a mega crisis. But it was really stressful um, when I did think about it, Nick. I mean, if we hadn't had little children, yeah, it wouldn't have been a massive deal. But when you've got two little children depending on you we've got Chad's got three children from another marriage so we've got significant amount of child support to pay Mm. um that does get that does get worrisome because then I don't know when at moments when my head kicked in for too long I would be thinking gosh what have we done are we irresponsible Mm. but I just knew that it was irresponsible to stay in the end we were uh, I personally felt like I was dying in Tassie um, energetically and um, spiritually and for our whole family, even my husband was the same, for our whole family, um, for us to thrive, we did need to move. So we just had to just, just had to back ourselves in, Nick. Yeah. yeah, totally. And, you know, if you hadn't, if you'd waited for the perfect conditions to move, you would totally still be there, right? And you'd just be dying away absolutely and I think we probably we probably just wouldn't have moved because we wouldn't have had enough momentum Mm. to sustain it Mm. um yeah and now we we live by the beach we have an extremely abundant life um the children are settled we hike on the weekends um in my car now because it's the only quiet space with two little kids and you know there's this beautiful sunset and the sun's on the gorgeous pine tree and I can smell the salt air and it's just it's just a sensual life yeah it's just gorgeous mm. sounds so beautiful Kimmy yeah so um, I've you know recently been having some big I don't know realizations about the power of gratitude Mm -hmm. you know as far as uh, opening us up to abundance. I'm mm-hmm. just, yeah, and, and you've mentioned it quite a few times already, so I'm just wondering <laughs> what, if we can maybe jam on the energy of gratitude and how how that's shifted for you. Mm. Gratitude is one of my most valued values <laughs> and I definitely have a disposition towards gratitude mm. I think it's um, a really fortunate disposition to have Are you passing that one on genetically to your offspring I, so. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't know if it's genetic, but um, definitely they hear me multiple times a day say, oh, aren't we lucky to, you know, have this beautiful food on the table? Aren't I lucky to spend the day with you? They're, they're mimicking that language now. Beautiful. Um, I, I don't know. Oh can I say it just comes so naturally to me that you know it's the first thing I do when I before I even open my eyes is I just think oh I'm so grateful for my bed I'm so grateful I've got a roof over my head and, and these thoughts constantly go around my in my you know in my mind and my heart and constantly throughout the day and it's um it's quite a subconscious kind of a thing and it just makes me appreciate the, the people in my life, the situations, I by fo- focusing on the positive aspects, I don't notice the negative aspects the other people notice. You know, I could – sometimes they come as a shock to me when people say that. And don't get me wrong. <laughs> and like, you know, don't get me wrong. There are moments where I do notice things that I don't like, yeah. um, but I'm much quicker now to refocus on what I do like and what I do want. Hmm. Where did you get that from? It's such a beautiful disposition. Where does it come from? I think I've just, I think it's just me, Nick. I think mm-hmm. um, gratitude you can definitely, it's definitely something you can cultivate yeah. and it's an incredibly important life skill from my perspective mm. in terms of feeling well-resourced and having um you know, positive relationships and success mm-hmm. in all areas of your life, especially at work. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I just It's just always been there. And as, as I've um, aged and developed, um, I've just realised what a really important thing it is and mm-hmm. that's where I spend my time in that place. Absolutely. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that as far as really developing gratitude perspective is like there's nothing like perspective is there (laughs) like having moments where you've been so stressed and worried about your finances Mm -hmm. and having a roof over your head and being able to put food on the table you know kind of helps um you feel grateful it it so does and i think you were just reading my mind then because uh, as you were talking, I had this vivid image of serving up this, you know, really beautiful, wholesome food to my family at around that time and just having this intense flood of gratitude that here we are, um, we're in what other people would classes, you know, really significant crisis. M- most people would be really stressed and here I am sharing this amazing meal and I want to be in this meal and I want to watch my kids eat and I don't want to be in my head mm-hmm. trying to control the outcome of something that I can't control yeah. and I think that's the be- one of the beautiful things about gratitude is that it really keeps you in the present moment totally yeah. and I believe it, it keeps us open to abundance because you're noticing the goodness that you are surrounded by and when you notice the goodness you're actually inviting more of the same you know with your energetically you're saying yes to it absolutely yeah yeah I totally agree and um 
you know, there's a whole body of research that, and, you know, wave of thought about the law of attraction. And, you know, when you, when you focus on something, you're attracting it. So even if, you, even if you're focusing on what you don't want, then you, you're attracting that into your life. So it really makes sense to focus on what you do want and um, and use those moments of when you do notice, mm, this doesn't feel quite right or I would like to change that, to acknowledge that and then to quickly move yourself on to, okay, well, how would I like to change that? What would I like instead for myself? Um, mm. And... And you're saying that you've had a significant health crisis. Mm. Um, I'm sure that's helped with your gratitude for having a healthy, functioning body. Did you want to share any of your wisdom gathering from that experience? Mm. Yeah, so in um, Easter in 2013, when my first son was about 10 and a half months old, Mm. I developed bacterial meningitis. And was extremely unwell and in isolation in hospital. And as most mums listening in will know, being separated from your baby is probably one of the, you know, a, a trigger for incredible anxiety. And it really was for me. Um, we no one had even babysat him. I don't even think maybe I'd left him a couple of times with my husband, and all of a sudden I couldn't even touch him. And oh my um, yeah, I remember just laying on the bed overwhelmed with anxiety and fear that you know what if I die and he's not going to have his mum and I just knew in that moment I'd really neglected my um my self-care I didn't even really consider myself as something someone to look after I just considered myself as a function you know work function stepmom a wife a mum and that was that was probably my biggest awakening in my whole life was knowing that something had to change or um I don't there was just a knowing if I didn't change something I would die I would keep getting sick and I can't explain it but um I on the sixth day I laid in bed and I just said to myself I I'm I'm I heal myself completely 100% completely and I kept repeating that to myself over and over and the next morning I could stand up without the intense pain and the day after that I was able to go home wow. um, and that's when I realized um, the power of my own self-healing mm. and I've done that a number of times since not in a series of conditions but um, i radically changed my diet um, my sleep automatically improved when I dropped sugar and processed foods um, I started considering myself as a person <laughs> not just a role <laughs> not just a role which you know sounds horrendous when I say that but so many people listening will especially mums will really relate to that I'm sure yeah absolutely um, <laughs> yeah. I had to make a really difficult decision of removing triggers of stress in my life, one being the exposure to my husband's ex. And um, that also meant um, if the frequency of exposure to the kids and that, and that fight, and that was a really hard decision. Um, but I had to do that because I thought if, you know, if I don't take care of myself then my little guy doesn't have a mum. And, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So that was mega and um, that once I started feeling well and I was sleeping, um, my emotional well-being improved 
uh, our family dynamics healed and um, and I was in a receptive enough situation and, you know, frame of mind where um, I really embraced my desire to become a life coach. So I pursued that and, yeah, things have just soared wow, since then. massive mm. breakthrough moment. Mm. <clears throat> so I'm interested you're in the hospital, you're really unwell, mm-hmm. um, you're in isolation, you know, <laughs> so you don't even have visits to, to keep your mind off things. In those moments, where did you find the trust in yourself? So you obviously found trust in yourself to find that mantra and to know that you could do it and you could repeat this and feel it and, and make it work. But where did you where did you go to find that in yourself? Mm-hmm. Well, firstly, I, I could have visits but not from my baby. Right. Um, so that people had to be covered up and, mm. um, and I was – I eventually – I tried to come home and was too sick to come home. So I only spent um, the first half of that stay in isolation. Mm-hmm. I – my survival instinct just kicked in and um, and I think if we take it back to the gratitude, it was just that intense gratitude of being a mum and I didn't there's – there's a lot of power in that um, for women and that was, that was definitely my motivation was I've got to do whatever I can um, to be there for my son yeah. and – I just, I, I, that's a really great question, Nick. I haven't actually thought about that. I'm trying to put myself back on that bed and what was going through my mind. And I don't actually think there was anything going in my mind. I think that's probably the key yeah. is that um, <laughs> I was out of my head and really in my body and my heart and let's just heal this and move on. And I, I think that commitment to things have to change. Mm-hmm. Things have that'll, to change, yeah. Yeah, that'll, that aligning to truth again. And because truth, I, truth in that moment is you have to live. Yeah, and I think um, the broader truth too was that I I needed to take care of myself. Mm. I needed to see myself as a valuable person and that had been bubbling away in the background and I'd just been shoving it away. You know, I, I knew that I was self-neglecting. I knew that I was stretched thin. Um, and I just thought, well, that's just what health professionals go through. That's the reality of being a health professional. That's certainly the reality of being a mum. That's another false belief, by the way. That yes. isn't true. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that actually that's, that's where your business is kind of really pointing to at the moment is is supporting health professionals to not wear themselves too thin and to actually nurture themselves so that they have more to give right absolutely yeah and it's been really interesting because since I've taken that stance and really looked after myself had firm boundaries in place around how many hours I work what I give to work Mm. the energy that I give to work and the energy I give to myself I've been promoted I've had excellent job opportunities mm. I'm in leadership at the moment and um and I'm so much more effective and you know I, I love my work and and rarely do I come home feeling um exhausted I have a 30 percent rule where I, I never did 
under 30%, very rarely ever for work. Obviously, with the kids, sometimes I have to, but I fill up really quickly. Um, but I never dip under that 30% of giving. And if I'm close to it, then I don't give. So can you just explain what you mean there? 30% is what you energetically, the line that you've drawn? Is that what you mean? Yeah, whatever's left in the tank, okay. um, energy-wise or um, emotion-wise, cognitively. Mm. Um, if I feel myself dipping below that line, mm. I take a step back and think, okay, what do I need to give myself here mm. to be sustainable? And previously, I would just be operating on you know a couple of percent some days. Mm. And whenever I, you know, popped another percentage on, I'd be just as soon giving it away. <laughs> yeah. it was in one ear, not ear, but, you know, in one place and out the other. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. It's nearly like it's the martyr, isn't it? It's like I have to suffer. I have to give it all away in order to be valued. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, we're socialised in our degrees and most of us are as health professionals that um, we give and, uh, yeah, we give of ourselves to others and there's not that focus on, well, okay, we also need to give to ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we've got something to give and then you add on being a female. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're socialised to give out and care and nurture um, there and we're really good at it and I personally love it but, again, we're not really taught how to do that for ourselves. Mm. Um, And then as a mother, so I had the trifecta. (laughs) (laughs) trifecta. (laughs) A a woman and a mother. And a mother, (laughs) yeah. And I wanted to be really good at them all and I really wanted to love and enjoy them all. Mm. And I do now. I certainly wasn't um, so much before as a a woman and a a worker. Mm. But, um, yeah, the key for me was... Um, nurturing myself and putting myself back in number one, mm. making myself a priority, yeah. Yes, and a lot of mothers struggle with that idea when they've got dependence. How can I be number one? What are you talking about? Mm. Yeah, and it, practically it's going to look different for different people, of course, because we all have different life experiences and different situations. Um, mm. And I think... Yeah, we've had a real focus on gratitude tonight, so I'll just plug it a little bit more. Go on. <laughs> you know, going. that life skill of gratitude is so important to emotional well-being and um, just that thing alone fills up my tank. Yeah. So just just noticing, oh, my gosh, this is the most beautiful cup of tea or someone's made me a cup of tea. It's just so wonderful. Yeah. My husband makes me breakfast every morning, so there's another huge dose of gratitude. Um that's self-resourcing in itself. You don't necessarily need to do a lot or have a lot of time away from your family. Yeah. It's um, There's many ways that you can do that in your daily life, just reorienting back to yourself and acknowledging what you already have. Beautiful. It's like micro-filling up of the cup in those little yes. moments. Yes. Yeah, yes. I love it. Um, so, Kimmy, what, what's your understanding of the part of you that is unbreakable? I think it's um, – I love that question. I think it's the motivation and the gratitude that 
um, my learning and my life experiences will be of benefit to other people. And that's been a major theme throughout my whole life. I, I can even remember having thoughts around that as an early teenager. Mm. Um, yeah, that, that would have to be the unbreakable part. The unbreakable what? part of you is basically you're saying of service. Yeah, yeah. How can I make this a gift not only for myself but for other people? So obviously the first part is how is this a gift for me? Why is this happening for me? What's it giving me? And then it always goes back to well, how can I give that back? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is if you can remember that in moments when you're um, feeling stuck and broken and lost or whatever, mm-hmm. it's an amazing perspective, isn't it? It's like I'm, I've been given this experience to learn something here there's a learning mm. in, there's a gift in this mm, that's the big one isn't it the mm. gift yeah mm-hmm. there's a gift not just for me but for everyone i can share it how do you, how mm. do you remember that in those moments i think i'm just oriented towards thinking that way and mm. perceiving that way it's like the gratitude thing again mm. i think um I'm really grateful for crises. I'm really, I don't want them all the time. <laughs> like, I like um, calmness and ease. Um, but when they do emerge, I just think, okay, this is a real opportunity here. There's, what, how can I benefit from this? And what positive changes can occur? And then how can I translate that into how I interact with other people? Um, and I think those moments, I just, I just know that they give me range as a person, um, as a mum and a wife and a leader and a coach. Um, they help me stay humble and connected with compassion to other people and that's really important to me. Um, Absolutely, because if you don't have any of these experiences, you have no comprehension or no understanding of what people are going through. So you can't. Uh, you can't as easily uh, respond in ways that support, I suppose. That's right. And I think because you have that um, lived experience or of that, not necessarily the event, but the emotion and having integrated that and being, you know, a calm vessel to hold that emotion and, and knowing that, you know, those really strong emotions that sometimes we call negative, like fear and anger and stress, that uh, they're not a threat. Mm. So it's okay just to let them sit there. And, mm. yeah, it just gives you a yeah an empathy and a confidence to be with other people when they're in that space and not try and change it. Mm. Um, and people pick up on energy. Uh-huh. Yeah, people pick up. You know, people pick up if you're comfortable um, with them sharing something or not. I, I've always had strangers share their most intimate details with me, and um, and I'm I just love that. I love that connection. And well, it's a compliment, just, isn't it? It's, it's, oh, it's such a gift. Yes, yeah. and that comes from having lived life and being you know really open and comfortable mm. with mm. that. Yeah. Mm. I and love, you're like that too, Nick. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> I love what you said here. You said uh, the experience, not the physical experience, 
but the emotion mm. is what really matters. Mm-hmm. Because, again, that's moving from the head to the heart, isn't it? It's like the conditions that created this um, aren't actually all that important. Mm. It's, yeah. the, it's the processing of the internals that are what matters. So it's how we get beyond the beliefs and the stories and the fear and the doubt um, and actually stay in the, the trust of who you are and where you are in the world and mm-hmm. that you are where you need to be right now. That's kind of what matters. Yeah, and that's where I've got chills because that's for me where the power is, is um, being where you are and knowing where you are. And when you when you can do that, then you're more likely to meet people where they are and that's where the, the healing comes from, I think, that relationship and that willingness to be where another person is in order to move forward with them. Which, yeah. which also means feeling it, right? Being where someone else is, is is like opening your heart to whether it's imagining yourself in their shoes or just to holding their pain for a moment or just uh, holding them in their Bearing pain. witness, I yeah, think. bearing witness, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it's bearing witness. Mm. That, yeah, mm. So being able to unflinchingly be present with it. Mm, yeah, and knowing that this isn't a bad thing, these feelings aren't a bad thing, these feelings are a gift. And, you know, I'm almost excited when I um, when I see someone in that moment. It yeah. <laughs> sounds awful, but I just think, oh, so much richness for you here and um, let's really dig deep and... Um, you know, shine this baby up to see how bright it can get, you Absolutely. know. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and how much you're learning about yourself in this moment, you know, like this is you without all this stuff that you thought you were relying on, you know, stuff has been peeled away and here you are, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I think, yeah. yeah, I love it. I think it's so powerful as well. It's not always pleasant, but powerful definitely, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and it, it's not always pleasant, and obviously it's un, it's un, can be uncomfortable. Mm. Um, mm. Mm. There's value in that too. Yeah, in the discomfort. <laughs> mm. Because I think once you know that you can manage discomfort, you don't have to control your life so much. Once you know that about yourself, that's right. It makes you far more resilient, and and that's true for any emotion, really. Um, when you know that you can sit with it and um, and allow it, um, yeah, it it really um, makes you a bit of a a warrior, doesn't it, in life? And it makes you, it gives you the capacity for courage, too, doesn't it? Because, mm. well, I think courage, you've always got the capacity for it, but. You can you can step into things, knowing that whatever happens, you'll be able to be present with it. Um, whatever emotions come up, you'll be able to sit with them. Yeah, a, a belief in self too. 
Yeah, I think that's what I'm hearing. What you're saying is, um, is the courage, but also the belief that I've got this. Hmm. And if I don't, then I'll have that. <laughs> and I'll learn that one. <laughs> I'll add that to my tool This episode of Unbreakable is brought to you by my Heal Your Heart Meditation, a soothing, rhythmic, 10-minute guided meditation to lead you home to the healing power of your heart. Go to www.nicolematheson.com forward slash heart to get your copy. Now, back to the episode. Something magical happened for Kimmy and I in this conversation after we finished recording the interview. In fact, it's actually probably my favorite part of the conversation. So with Kimmy's full permission, I have added a bit of the juicy conversation that we had after the interview and inserted it right here for you. We pick up where Kimmy is telling me a little bit more about that moment when she handed everything over to her grandmother. Here we go. Enjoy. But it was just the most amazing feeling and since then I mean, I've, I've grown up up to that point feeling completely abandoned and completely uncared for um, and in that one moment of handing that over and, and her receiving that with such love I just thought yeah I had that deep sense of being held and cared for and ever since then th- that moment I've just let everything, let that sense of abandonment go and feel complete um, like probably you would feel being held by your parents in a really solid nuclear family. That's how I feel and I don't have it. And that, and that's, I suppose, what I mean about not focusing on the outside and what your reality is, focusing more on how you, your inner reality and how, how you feel on the inside. That's so powerful. So powerful. And that's kind of what you're saying when you say it matters how you feel, what you feel. Yeah. And you feel held and supported. Yeah. And I've been able to take risks feeling that way. That, um, you know, I've been able to leap in ways that I wouldn't have leapt if I didn't have that sense. And it just goes to show how much power we have over our feelings and, um, on our perspectives and where we choose to orient our attention. Yeah. And so letting go of the sense of abandonment sounds like it wasn't even a conscious choice. It was just that's what happened once you reached out to your grandma and she held out her hands. And mm, I didn't even realise I'd felt abandoned. I mean, of course I have be- had because – you know, that was a mega theme in my life. But it wasn't um, until I'd done that that I thought that I labelled it. Yeah, and I really had. And um, and I'd, you know, not just abandoned by other people, but I'd abandoned myself as well. 
people neglect um, that that's a real reality as well, that we, you know, so many people abandon themselves and it really has Absolutely. to start there, doesn't it? I think it's the most important relationship of all and we're, we, we're constantly seeking other people to give us that right amount of commitment so that we heal that wound, but it has to come from within or we're just mm. continuing this needy cycle, really. Yeah. Mm, yeah, it's not fair on other people to no. have to take that load. Um, and it's certainly not sexy not in a marriage, sexy. is it? Let's face it. <laughs> oh, goodness well, me. I think that's the most beautiful kind of alchemy right there, what you've just, you know, explained. Oh, and how much shifted mm. for you. It's just amazing. And that's the receptivity, isn't it? When, um, that, when you're open, it just floods in. And it just comes when you're not wobbly about it and you're just completely, yeah, open to it. We, we're close to so many of the things that we want without realising. And, um, and what I probably have learned most about this situation is that when I, you know, the money situation, when I fight for something, um, it's not going to happen. Oh, I, I agree. I totally agree. I totally agree. I've noticed that the hustle doesn't create anything creates it creates in me exactly what you were kind of talking about when you were overgiving the hustle is depletion for me mm. and that doesn't mean yeah. uh you know taking action and discipline and getting shit done that means that there's a needy energy about it or there's a an angry energy or there's a you know an energy that's not in alignment with mm. what I want to share and offer mm. yeah yeah that alignment is um I think that's what it is for me too when I'm in that fight and that struggle I'm out of alignment and um fighting a struggle is different to working hard and because you can be in your flow and, and have amazing productivity and not feel like it's a fight or a struggle. You know, not feeling like you've, you're rowing upstream kind and of thing. How did that change with money for you? Um, firstly, my belief around, you know, you have to be working hard, you have to cognitive, cognitively be controlling and strategizing how you get money. Um, that just mm. went and, um, and I just let that go because that wasn't effective and wasn't serving me. And it, um, I suppose at the, the very basic level, if I felt good, then I was abundant. And it, I, I just stopped thinking about money entirely. I don't really even focus on finances or money per se. I'm more focused on my experience in life. What am I experiencing in this moment? Um, I think that's been the most mega shift. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably very similar in that. I find, you know, this whole earn six figures or uh, put a million dollars on your um, vision board doesn't feel right for me. You know, it's, it's nearly mm. like... Um, the money is not what I want <laughs> or something. 
I want the feeling. Yes, yes. Yes. And you've got it, haven't you? I mean, that's it. I mean, when I'm focused on I don't have that money, I feel like shit. But when I actually Mm. go, what is it that I want? Okay, I want to feel this way. Oh my God, I feel this way like 90% of the time or whatever it is, you know, and I can feel really good about my life and then I can go it'd be even better if I tweaked this yes and have you noticed that life just blooms and opens up in so many different ways and it's not just because you're noticing the good things in your life that more seem to appear they just more seem to just they just seem to multiply don't they um, you know, someone drops in with a cup of coffee or, um, I don't know, for an ex- example, I bought some candles from a beautiful local candle maker and she just gave me a free candle. It was the most delicious smelling candle, orange and van- vanilla. And, oh, you know, and in, that candle's priceless for me because of the feeling that that gave me and and um, the enjoyment that I'm getting <laughs> sniffing it. And, <laughs> and those things happen all the time when you shift your focus from the, the uh, figures and um, the, I don't know, the tangible kind of finance stuff and you shift it towards how do I want to feel in my life. You know, I want to wake up and I want to have a really lovely cuddle Um you know, it's just basic yes. things like that and it just sets your vibration in a totally different new way that attracts the other things that you want. I mean, I've gotten pay rises now uh, in being in that in that mind frame when prior I'd tried to fight for pay rises. I'd tried to, um, you know, claw my way up to a promotion. It just was never going to happen. And when I was easy about it, you know, it just you so effortlessly Do you know works what it reminds out. Me of? Yeah. It reminds me of when I was desperately seeking love. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> which was really my entire teen and early adult years <laughs> before I met my husband. I was desperately seeking love and I was repelling love (laughs) with my desperate Mm. seeking and I was and that was creating a downward spiral of despair and a lack of belief in self and um and it was just it was somewhere over the horizon and I couldn't reach Mm. it with with the energy that I was coming in with and it wasn't until I completely shook my life up and shook off that desperation you know and for me that was taking off and traveling that you know within a couple of months I'm with my <laughs> husband <laughs> how did traveling shake off that desperation I'm really curious about that oh man I think the desperation came from living within a certain microclimate microculture mm-hmm. So I just had to get out of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I felt mm-hmm. free immediately. And and then I went traveling through Italy with another redhead. So two redhead, 20-year-olds. 20, oh, 20 I love it. Italy. I mean, 
and just being told that we were beautiful continuously, you know, it was just like, ah, and, you know, by the time I actually landed in Edinburgh, I had, you know, all these men I was interested in and they were interested in me and I just, it was completely gone, you know? Wow. Completely gone. Wow. And it was really only a couple of months in it. So, um, and it was the second, not that this podcast is about my finding my husband, but hey. Um, you know, it's all related, Nick. It's all related. It's all related. It's all related. But yeah, it was two days in to my um, landing in Edinburgh. And I'd said to myself, it's going to be Scot- Scottish man. So, you know, I manifested that. But I, I just think uh, our powers of manifestation are all about the energy and all about the focus. Yeah, yeah. So your husband has a Scottish accent, has he? And how delicious. And, you know, if you <laughs> if you focus on just his voice, I mean, that is abundance right there. And that's how this relates back to finances, doesn't it? Because, um, you know, you get to listen to a gorgeous Scottish voice every day. And the- Although I have to actually pre- preface that with I don't hear the accent anymore. Oh. Yeah. He's, I mean, you know, it's so normalised and it's been 20 years. But, um, but, yeah, absolutely, sometimes I can just go tune in. Oh, I mm. love it. Yeah. And that's, the, that's what, um, you know, I meant about living a more sensual life. It's the sound of your partner's voice or someone else's voice. And, <laughs> mm, you know, the feeling of their hand in yours and it's, it's just cuts the crap. I think, when you, I think when you just have that perspective of focusing on how you want to feel, life is just a lot more simple. You gain a lot more clarity. Um, you don't fill yourself and your life up with, like literally fill yourself up with food and alcohol and whatever else um, that isn't good for you. You're really clear on what feels good and what's not and you just you just go where it feels good. Yeah, and I feel like focusing on what f- how you want it to feel actually cuts through all the bullshit that we have been subjected to with advertising and this consumerist society of you need more, 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 mm-hmm. you know, whereas none of that makes – you feel very much at all maybe for a split second but it's not a sensual approach you know uh whereas when you're focused on a feeling more than likely the feelings that really fill you up are Mm going to come from connection whether that's with people and especially nature or experiences Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so what I heard um, you not say but say about your experience when you were travelling is that um, you really got a sense of who you are and that is, you know, you're beautiful and you are free and you have agency and, you know, this you have this amazing capacity to experience life and sometimes people do need to get out of their typical environment and go and travel and be in a novel place to be able to fully be in that space where then, you know, that's a springboard for other manifestations and attractions. I like a gorgeous husband with a Scottish accent. <laughs> my, my grandmother had a Scottish accent and that's, you know, just music to my ears. <laughs> I have a soft spot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, I really love that. 
I love that thing is your yes. this is the same grandmother that you um that helped yes, yes. that you handed yeah. over your, yeah. your oh, life is gorgeous. I love that. Yeah. And and just yeah, life is so good, isn't it? Can you just um just cuz I'm fascinated by this grandmother of yours and how she's loving and supporting you. Um what's what's how does she how does she appear in your life these days? Um well, I feel her most days um and I have since I was 5 when she passed away. Um, she appears in my life as rainbows <laughs> and um, I say that in a really literal sense because um, the morning of when she passed I was devastated I had a really strong spiritual connection with my grandmother and I absolutely adored her and I remember we were all in her bedroom the family on my mum's side and I walked outside and stood at the driveway and looked up at the sky and all of a sudden this massive and most vivid rainbow um, appeared in the sky and my auntie Heather, who um, I really, really dearly love, she's the, the most wonderful woman. I wish she had been my mum. She's just absolutely an inspiration. She said, that's grandma smiling at you. And so now even my children now say, oh, grandma's smiling at us. From a, um, you know, she's she comes in my dreams. Um, if I meditate, her energy is always there. Um, I just feel, I just feel her like she's sitting in the beanbag in my room, you know, when I'm wandering around, it's, yeah, it's really, um, yeah, it's a lovely gift. Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm. And do you take, um, do you continue to hand things over to her that are worrying you? I don't have a lot that worries me now, but certainly, yes, if there's something that I feel like I'm trying to control and I know I can't, um, then I'll hand it over, absolutely. And I have done that since, that um, mm. handing over the sale of the house and the finances. Mm. Yeah. And and I love that, well, it's not great for you because it was always there but you never used it, but that realisation that, oh, my God, I could have been doing this my entire life. Yeah, but it took this crisis to to work that out. Yeah, and it, it took really um, owning the various aspects of myself and the resources that I have. And I, what I mean by that is that prior um, to that um, bathroom floor moment, um, I was I was still I was heart centered and I was more in my heart, but there was still that heady thing that. Um, said, you know, if it's not tangible, it's not there. <laughs> that that was really strong. You know, if, if you don't have parents there that are really supportive and loving and unconditional, then you just don't have them. Or if you don't have a lot of practical family support, you just don't have family support. Um, and that was still there. And, and that's been the mega shift from that moment is that, well, no, I actually do have support. And, yes, it's in the spiritual realm. And, you know, some people listening might be thinking, Oh, this girl's cuckoo. But honestly, um, it is a more, just as powerful part of my life and um, and just as valuable resource to me than what anything tangible is. And I'm a much better, much better person, much more effective leader um, and much more effective coach because I've got that, that connection there and that intuition. And, and I fully own that. And I will, I yeah, 
I'm not ashamed of that at all. I just I walk in with my whole self and I don't leave parts of myself at the door anymore like I used to. Beautiful. Mm. Go go girl. I love that and I love that you've you've really you're really giving permission to people to to find that support in their lo- their lost loved ones or in their ancestors or um, in places that they can't tangibly see and touch. Um, because really, like we've been saying, if it f- if you feel it, there's truth in that. Absolutely. It's as true as anything. Yeah. And that's, that's probably the mega bit of wisdom in this whole conversation, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Believe it. Yeah. And, and, and the other, the other one which goes with that is a belief is only as good as how it makes you feel. Yes, yes. That is a big yes for me. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and so why not? <laughs> why not? Yeah, and life doesn't have to be a struggle. Life doesn't mm. have to be hard. You don't have to struggle and work hard in order to be credible and to be seen as doing a good job, you know, as a, as a mother or at, in your paid employment. It doesn't need to be like that. So, and I was conditioned to think like that, as, as many people are. That struggle equals worth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And legit- legitimacy and credibility, but it doesn't. Mm. Yeah. So where do you get your worth from now? Um, oh, it's just a, for me, actually. I just know that I'm worthy. And um, I don't look for it in other people. I don't even look at my husband for myself worse. Um, just within me, I think um, one trigger though is parenthood, and <laughs> that's where I am still a little bit wobbly. And there's a beautiful opportunity there um, to to really mine that for gold. Um, I am triggered in moments, thinking, "Oh, I didn't really handle that in a way that." Um, I would have liked and, you know, you get that shame attack and that's that erodes self-worth. Um, yeah, in most areas, I've, I think dropping the shame. Yeah, dropping the shame. Shame is a judgment from your head, isn't it? Well, it's certainly not a judgment from your heart. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yes. Certainly not, certainly not. What would you say to a woman who was... Um, having a bathroom floor moment right now. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, she's in isolation in hospital or maybe she's having a financial meltdown. Mm-hmm. What's your advice? My advice is to... Be open to your truth. Be open to the big, the big yes that um, sort of sits in your heart, and just be be a bit kind to yourself. Be a bit lazy. Don't try and control it all. Um, just take really baby steps, and just keep focusing on um, what this situation can give to you, and what you actually want for yourself and try and focus on that. I I think that's probably the most powerful thing um, in those moments, yeah. 
and and love yourself for where you're at. Mm. Beautiful advice. And for the rest of us who are kind of cruising along, maybe we're not in crisis mode. What's your advice to us? Oh, that's a great question, isn't it? My my advice is, um, gosh, I'm going to sound like the gratitude queen here, but <laughs> um, is to just keep focused on those positive aspects in your life and just watch them multiply. Mm. Mm. Which, which you have mm-hmm. s- experience of. Mm. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> Such beautiful advice. Thank you. <laughs> so, You're welcome. So where are you now and where can people find you and um, all that jazz? Well, um, I work as a clinical leader three days a week um, for a business in town. I also have my own life coaching business. I life coach health professionals and I think the website will be on um, this page. Yes, the link yes to the there'll podcast. be a link, Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm on LinkedIn um, and Facebook, so more than welcome to um, look me up. I'd really love to connect with you. Yeah, I'm in the process of um, launching a closed Facebook group for health professionals, and I'm in the middle of um, writing an ebook as well. Yeah, so um, there's lots going on, and we briefly um, spoke before we started recording that, you know, you can have it all. <laughs> it's, just, it's just the amounts of it might vary at times. And so this is a little slower than um, what I would like, but, um, you know, I'm having it all, so I can't have too much of it all. <laughs> <laughs> you're having it all and you're, you're stepping one step at a time towards it. Yeah, and enjoying the process, yeah. Beautiful. Mm. Oh, well, thank you so much, Kimmy. That was wonderful. Thank you for having me. You can find the show notes for this episode at nicolematheson.com forward slash podcast 11. While you are there, download my free gift, Sweet Soul Whispers, the soothing words you need to hear when you are lost and broken. If you have enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to share it with your friends or pop over to iTunes and leave a review and rating. It really is the only way Unbreakable can get to the people who need it most. And while you're there, sign up to my newsletter or hit subscribe so that you don't miss out on any future episodes. Thanks so much for tuning in. Take care.